0: Hello, you should be in front of 59 Manchester Street, looking at a terracotta house. Welcome to Bernal Heights. Did you notice how tightly this house is squeezed between the houses on either side? Many of these houses were moved by horses from other parts of Bernal after the earthquake of 1906, so many of these houses share a foundation. That's not all we share. The people who settled in this neighborhood were generally working-class families and new immigrants, forming a lively mosaic of cultures from places like the South and Midwest, to Brazil, China, Mexico, Southern and Northern Europe, the Middle East, and Samoa. People mostly migrated from homes that had no fences, and daily life spilled often quite loudly into public spaces like nearby Procida Park. And with that loudness came a feeling our lives can be lived the way we want. But over time, our neighborhood's freedom became hampered by economic changes, insecurity, increasing crime, and ultimately, a tragic double murder that shook our community to the core. That is, until a group of us decided to stand up and do something about it. My name is Demis Garipis, and I've lived on this street for over 40 years. My parents were first-generation Greek immigrants and we chose Bernal Heights because we'd heard it was a place where goats still roam freely and we could make wine just like the old country. So facing the house, turn to your right and look up at that big green towering hill over the end of the street. That's Bernal Hill. Back then it was known as Nanny Goat Hill and considered open grassland until well into the 1970s. Even though my family didn't actually raise the goats, we sure made the wine, and we called it Burlow. Get it? It was our neighborhood joke. As in Merlot, Bernal-style. Funny, right? Okay. Anyway, I've loved this neighborhood through its good and bad times, and today I'm going to tell you about my life here in Bernal and my community's efforts to reclaim this neighborhood after it took a dramatic turn for the worse. I'll tell you how we protected and promoted this neighborhood so that it could be safe and vibrant. Alright, let's get started. I want to show you my neighborhood. Turn and look across the street to your right at the pale blue house. That's where my dearest friend lived. She was an opera singer, dog whisperer, and part-time stripper in North Beach. Now facing the street, turn right and start walking downhill with the houses on your right. Growing up, everyone knew everyone. In this duplex on your right, with the blue doors, lived an eccentric woman who made quilts from scraps she collected on walks, and then would mail them to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. And the last house on this block on your right was where some Sicilians lived who made the best pasta. I can still almost taste these steaming plates we'd come home to on our doorstep. Look straight at the bottom of the hill. See the bright pink and turquoise house? A passionate cat rescuer lived there. On the same street were also several Catholic families, including some Samoans who are especially fun. they do huge outdoor barbecues, and we'd bring the burlot. We sang and laughed weekend nights away. I told you we were loud. At the end of the block, cross the street when it's safe. Then turn right and keep walking. All right. Continue walking straight to the end of the block, keeping the street on your right. Now you can't see it yet, but coming up ahead is Proceda Park. I mentioned it earlier. The park was created in 1894 to preserve some nature in this close-knit urban space, and it's been an important gathering place ever since. In 1906, it hosted a tent city for earthquake victims, and in 1979, It even became center stage for San Francisco's first Carnaval celebration, now one of the biggest in the country. You should be approaching the intersection. Cross the street when you have the light and continue walking straight. I'll meet you on the other side. You should be across the street. Keep walking straight into the park. Walk around to the front of the circular planter. Stop when you get there. Okay. Face the park and look out at the beautiful swath of grass lined by blackwood acacia trees. Welcome to our beloved presida Park, or as I like to say, my front yard. It's relatively small by San Francisco standards, only taking up three blocks. And I'm always struck by what an organized space it is for a neighborhood that's always been a little loose. Look at all the homes lining the park. Notice how they have a bird's-eye view of everything happening here? And in the 1960s, everyone definitely kept an eye on the park because there was always something fun happening on its lawn. And we all participated in the goings-on. Lots and lots of barbecues, birthdays, and soccer happened here. In the late 60s, Carlos Santana, the famous musician who was born and raised a few blocks from here, even gave free Sunday concerts. Our houses might have been small, but this park made Bernal an exciting and colorful place to live and a great place to enjoy life, create art, raise our kids, and live with our very loud multi-generational families. The informal you-do-your-thing-I'll-do-mine mentality was one of the best things about this park. But looking back, I've realized that it was the same freedom that also started attracting outside groups that found other parts of San Francisco too restrictive. In the late 1960s and early 70s, hippies and drugs migrated into this neighborhood along with the former Hate ashbury crowd. Then came radical activists who were among the working class and wanted to stay under the radar. At one point, Nanny Goat Hill even started doubling as a safe space for the leftist Sandinistas, the Nicaraguan freedom fighters who eventually overthrew their government in 1979. Okay, let's walk. Go down the steps turn left and follow the paved path along the edge of the park. During the 1970s, I noticed different kinds of people hanging around, but I was in college and just assumed it was a sign of the times. So I was surprised as anyone in 1975 when the FBI showed up in Bernal. Okay, follow the path to the left that exits the park. Don't worry, we'll be back because my life always comes back to this park. Okay, we're heading straight towards the gray building with the white trim on the corner. Cross the street when it's safe and I'll meet you on the other side. You should be across the street. Continue walking straight with a gray building on your left and St. Anthony's School on your right. Back to the FBI. On this street in 1975, neighbors noticed a light green Ford LTD parked on the curb. Four men with beards and beads set in it, trying to blend in. But our tight-knit community knew they were outsiders, so everyone watched them like a hawk. Coming up on your left should be a blue neo-Victorian house. Stop in front of it when you get there. Stop here. You should be standing in front of a blue Victorian with a visible address of 286 Presida Avenue. When I was growing up, this house was the Valdez's family's house. But somewhere around 1974 or 1975, I remember a pleasant-looking, athletic, young couple moved in. They used to love to jog up Bernal Hill. And the woman, a blonde, used to chat about the Beatles with my artist friend Jane, who lived down the street. But on September 18, 1975, as the couple came back from a jog, the bearded guys leapt out of the car with all kinds of guns, pistols, and submachine guns, The man put up his hands, and the woman tried to run, but she only got about 20 feet. Right here where you're standing, the couple was handcuffed and taken away. We were all floored when we read in the newspaper that the pleasant couple was actually Bill and Emily Harris, wanted by the FBI for the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. And this Blue Victorian was one of their safe houses. Okay, facing the Blue Victorian turn right and continue walking down the street with the houses on your left. After Bill and Emily's arrest, the police shut down this whole block and searched the house. They found all kinds of guns and explosives, but they didn't find Patty. She was found about two hours later in another San Francisco safe house, about three miles southwest of here. It was the first time I remember hearing about guns or extreme violence in the community, and one of the first red flags that my neighborhood was moving in a darker direction. Coming up on your right is a small street. Turn right to cross the street when it's safe and keep walking straight. Continue walking straight down the street to the end of the block, keeping the large white building with brown trim on your right. Another surprising and dramatic turn of events happened in the mid 70s when the Hunters Point Naval Shipyard closed. Only about four miles from here, the shipyard had employed many of my neighbors. When they lost their jobs, the neighborhood took an economic nosedive, and people struggled to survive. Remember my neighbor who mailed her quilts to the Metropolitan Museum in New York? Well, after the shipyard closed, she told me that her renters, who had worked at the shipyard, could only pay by the week. And she often let their rent slide in exchange for work around the house, like painting, doing odd jobs. It helped her keep up such a huge house. But with the economic despair, violence, and drug crimes also shut up. And by the mid-80s, gunfire had become a more familiar sound. But we stayed because it was our home. You should be approaching a busy street called Cesar Chavez. Turn right at the corner and continue walking, keeping the fence on your right. Turn right here and keep walking straight with the street on your left. In the 80s, it seemed like the only people using Proceeded Park were addicts and gang members. Some people called it Needle Park. It was heartbreaking to see such a beloved place become something scary. So I made up my mind to do something about it. Turns out, I wasn't the only one. Coming up on your right is St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church. Look for the tall bell tower and brick archway. Stop in front of the tree facing the archway. Stand so you're facing the brick archway with stairs leading to St. Anthony's Church. This Catholic church has been a cornerstone of my neighborhood since 1894. I remember my Italian neighbors always brought us down here for Friday night all-you-can-eat crab feasts. Oh, man, were they great. Now look closely at the brick archway. If it seems out of place to you, that's because it is. In 1975, St. Anthony's Church burned down. Supposedly, it was arson started by thieves robbing the church. This arch in front of you was the old entrance, and it's the only part of the church left after the fire. Take a look at your phone to see what the old church looked like. I remember the fire, but not being Catholic, I didn't have any reason to come back here until the early 90s when I heard that the head priest at the time, Father Mike, was also interested in making some changes in the community that might help reclaim Procida Park from the drugs and violence that plagued it. But it meant reaching out to some people who might not want our help. All right, facing the arch, turn left and look diagonally down to the next block at those light blue, orange, and yellow townhouses. That is the Bernal Dwellings Public Housing Project. Those are the new townhouses that were built in the late 90s. But before that, they were very dilapidated buildings. And the living conditions were horrible. Hallway lights were shot out, leaving the apartments really dangerous places to live for lots of needy families. Gang relationships risked the lives of young men and women there, and it was one of the main reasons for frequent gunfire and violence in the area. Okay, while facing Bernal Dwellings, continue walking the same direction you were going, keeping the street on your left. Father Mike thought if we could help living conditions in the Bernal Dwellings improve, and they came to see us as our community as an ally, it might deter the problems taking over the park. I told Father Mike I'd help in whatever way I could. The biggest hurdle was coming up with a way for the residents to trust us. You should be approaching the intersection. Continue walking straight across the street when it's safe, and then take a right. I'll meet you on the other side. You should be across the street. Turn right and continue walking slightly uphill with the street on your right. My first visit inside Bernal Dwellings was eye-opening. I couldn't believe that this one block separated such horrible living conditions from Presidio Park, which is just up here at the end of this block. But we, as active concerned neighbors and Father Mike, came up with a solution. Father Mike procured video cameras to give residents so they could film their living conditions. We believed if people saw hardships these residents endured, we could get them assistance. After the video aired on the local news, a new federal grants program was announced to help public housing called Hope 6 under then President Clinton. In my day-to-day life, I worked on affordable housing and volunteered at our neighborhood center. So I realized we were in a good position to secure that national grant. Our daring effort to apply also got the attention of the beleaguered San Francisco Housing Authority. You should be approaching Proceda Park for the second time on this detour. At the corner, turn left. Continue walking along the sidewalk with the buildings on your left and the park on your right. The grant we had technically applied for through the Bernal Heights Neighborhood Center didn't win, but in the end, the Bernal Dwelling's tenants won a shining media spotlight on squalid living conditions that will never be ignored again. But over the six years or so, it took to complete this process. Many people in the neighborhood were still too scared to enjoy the park. Seeing an empty park made me realize that we had a long way to go to make this a safe and peaceful Coming up on your left is the Leonard R. Flynn Elementary School. During that rough time, the violence even reached this school when in 1993, a stray bullet hit a teacher's aid in the torso. Thankfully, she lived, but she has a permanent bullet lodged in her spine. But this school is a monument of pride and beauty, and much of this has to do with the mural painted on the front of the building. It's a diptych, which means it has panels, walk to where the two panels are separated by four windows and stop there. The mural was painted in the mid-70s by Susan Kelk Cervantes, who has since become one of San Francisco's most famous muralists. Back then we had no idea the lessons Susan learned doing this mural would come back to play a part in restoring this park. But I'll get to that in a moment. Here's Susan to tell you more.
1: This mural that you're looking at is called Family Life and Spirit of Mankind. It was done in 1976 and 77. No one even knew what a mural was at that time. And we had a lot of neighborhood residents who came to participate in the design process. And they, what are you gonna put on those big walls? I mean, they're they're too big, you know? I said, well, I can think of something to put up on there. So I really wanted it to reflect the park, the trees, the families. It was a community process. And so everybody in the neighborhood thinks that they're in there even if they're not. That was very eye-opening for me to see the impact that it had on the community. On the left panel, we started out with a couple in the center, representing all the diversity in the community here. His bow he's actually a cornstalk, So the corn silk becomes her hair. Looking at the panel on the right, you'll see straight down the center, And at the second circle is a portrait of myself with the red hat and the star symbol. And I'm throwing a frisbee to my husband, which is to your left. And I wasn't expected to be in the mural, but my assistant, when I had to be at the arts festival downtown for a week, when I got back, she put us in there by surprise.
0: Thank you, Susan. You'll be hearing more from Susan in a minute. But first, I want to show you some of the first places we actually started making some changes to this park. Okay, facing the school, turn right and continue walking with the school on your left. As work with Bernal Dwellings continued, a group of us formed the Presita Valley Neighbors, which falls under the nonprofit San Francisco Parks Alliance. Our mission is to improve the park and our quality of life. For our first physical improvements to the park, we campaigned for and won close to $700,000. Coming up on your right is a crosswalk that leads into the park. Cross the street when it's safe and follow the paved path into the park. Okay, as you enter the park, turn left at the fork to follow the path to the playground. These paths were part of our improvements, along with signs and period lighting to help with security. I wrote the grants, another neighbor did the design, another costed the equipment. We all pitched in, but to me, this playground is one of our crown jewels. Stop at the fence that lines the perimeter of the playground. You should be standing by a black gate just outside the playground. This was a playground even when I was a kid. The equipment's changed, but some things haven't. Look at the ground beneath the swings, slides, and monkey bars. See the sand? This kind of play service is a rarity these days since most modern playgrounds use rubber squares. But it was important to me that we keep the sand to allow children free tactile development. Sorry if I sound like an old fogey here. In the early 2000s you'd read how important it is to have some super modern play structures instead of sand. We really, really wanted to keep the sand and we heard from lots of neighbors who felt the same way. Now take a few steps to your left and look straight ahead past the swing sets. Do you see that old school colorful metal spinner? Doesn't it look like a satellite from an old movie? We've kept that zany thing as a throwback to the old playground that was here when I was growing up. I spent hundreds of hours on top of that thing spinning and playing in the sand. My own children also enjoyed it, and now I love seeing new generations of kids spinning away on it. Okay, we're going to walk to our left, following the line of the black fence. At the corner of the fence, turn right and follow the narrow dirt path in the grass. Continue walking along the dirt path, keeping the playground on your right. By October of 1993, the playground renovation was complete. I was elated as people started using the park again, just like the old days when everyone felt safe and welcome. I truly thought the worst was behind us. So, nothing could have prepared me or any of us for what happened in 1996. As the dirt path dead ends into the sidewalk, turn right to continue following the sidewalk as it wraps around the grove of trees. Keep walking with the playground on your right. June 24, 1996 was a Monday, and it was that day something happened that changed this neighborhood forever. It was 2 p.m. I was in the park walking my dog. Dozens of other people were also out enjoying the sunshine. It was one of the first warm days that June, and I remember feeling pleased that the park was full again. Okay, go right around the corner. Continue following the sidewalk, keeping the playground on your right. Now, you can't see it yet from here, but straight ahead, near one of those blackwood acacia trees, two kids, Carlos Hernandez and Sylvia Menendez, sat down for a picnic. Continue following the paved path as it veers to the right, back into the park. I knew Carlos and Sylvia. They'd grown up in the neighborhood. They both sang in their church choir. Carlos even wanted to be a pastor. At the fork, keep to the left and continue walking along the paved path that runs along the street. But just as I was exiting the park with my dog, I heard gunshots ring out. I turned back around and saw another man I knew from the neighborhood walking away with a gun and Carlos and Sylvia slumped over by the tree. At this fork, keep walking straight on the path that runs along the street with the grass on your right. Immediately after I realized the man had shot them, I ran home to call 911, but it had already been reported. As a member of Presita Valley Neighbors, there was also a message on the answering machine from a gang force task member telling me to stay away from the park because they thought the shooting was gang activity. But I knew it wasn't, so I went back to the park to tell the police what I saw. I thought I just needed to stand up and be strong. By that time, news reporters had also shown up, And all I remember saying to the cameras was, we're going to find him, we're going to get him. Soon after, the police arrested the man, whose name to this day I will not say. He was a retired janitor whose wife had once babysat Sylvia. He never stood trial because he was deemed mentally incompetent. But the brazenness and senselessness of his crime was awful. To this day, I grieve what happened. On your right, you will see a bench with colorful tiles beneath it. Stop there. You should be looking at a metal bench situated atop colorful tiles formed in the shape of a dove. Walk around the bench until you're facing the front of it. While facing the bench, just look to your left at the acacia tree closest to you. That was the spot where the shooting took place. Immediately afterward, the tree became an ad-hoc memorial to Carlos and Sylvia with two crosses and their pictures. People also brought things like stuffed animals, poems, and candles. But we also knew we needed to do something more permanent for Carlos and Sylvia. And a group of us, including Susan the muralist, who you heard from a bit ago, and myself, thought that if we involved the community in the creation process of the memorial, It will give everyone a chance to come together in an uplifting expression of healing and empowerment, and maybe this coming together actively as a community could help restore peace to the park. Now look directly under the bench in front of you. You will see two hearts painted across several tiles with the names of Carlos and Sylvia. This bench and the surrounding tiles were our solution for a permanent memorial Susan and I worked on getting a grant and raised $2,600. Here's Susan to tell you a little more.
1: I remember doing the hearts under the bench. I think everybody that comes and sits here or looks at it, I think they sort of reflect on a different tile each time they come. There's some that have really good messages and also bringing nature into it too, because Carlos and Sylvia were in the park and you know enjoying nature. So they wanna make that a part of their memorial.
0: Thanks, Susan. See if you can find the tile I painted, which is a white peace sign against a red background. And I truly believe that the communal outpouring of grief, fear, love, and hope brought the entire community back together in a profound way. It revealed to everyone that this neighborhood did care about each other and what happened in our communal spaces. We all wanted the same thing, peace and security in our park. One of my favorite things about this bench is that even the materials is made of a statement about nonviolence. Local sculptor John Ricker made these green decorative metal handles out of the melted metal of 130 guns. Have you found my tile yet? Look just to the left of the back leg of the bench and you'll see it there. OK. Facing the bench, turn right to continue walking straight on the paved path to the intersection up ahead. Keep walking as you look across the street at a colorful building also covered in murals. That's Susan's original studio, called the Presita Eyes Mural Art Studio. It's where we painted the bench tiles, and it's been watching over our park since Susan did the big mural on the school. Susan's contributions to our neighborhood cannot be measured and one of my most recent proudest moments as the lead of Presita Valley Neighbors was getting this building recognized as the first legacy business for the city. To me, it represents what San Francisco does best. Through business, we inspire, we collaborate, we imagine, we teach, we create, we love, and we heal and grow. The bench we created was an attempt to do all of that with art, but at the same time, up the street, Something unusual was happening that brought the community together in a totally unexpected way. You should be approaching the end of the park and an intersection. Turn left across the street when it's safe. Head toward the bright turquoise building. I'll meet you on the other side. You should now be across the street. Continue walking uphill on Folsom, keeping the turquoise building on your left. We're heading up to the Immaculate Conception Chapel, which was built in 1912 to serve the large number of Italians who lived here. That she believed was an apparition of the Virgin Mary. Coming up on your left is the chapel. Stop when you reach the large door underneath a glazed terracotta relief of the Madonna figure with fruits and flowers. You should be standing in front of the chapel of the Immaculate Conception. Now take a few steps to your right, stop in front of the copper dome. That's the spot where the apparition occurred right around the time of Carlos and Sylvia's death. Here's Father L'Oriola to tell you... My cafe is old-fashioned, old-style.
1: We still have tabs. I grew up in the third world, of course, in a culture that's very giving and very fair. If somebody doesn't have the extra change, I'll tell them it's on me. If somebody forgot his wallet, it's on the house. Money is not everything, at the end of the day. And I feel it's a very important aspect of my life, knowing that people like to come to my place and like to come and talk to me. I feel good
0: about giving back. Thanks, Charlie. We'll see you at the cafe in just a minute. We just have one quick stop to make along the way. Okay, at the intersection, turn left to cross the street when it's safe. Head straight for the Harvest Hills Market on the corner. Stop when you get there. Okay, you should be standing in front of the Harvest Hills Market. This used to be Consilla's Market, and now it's a great little grocery store specializing in organic produce, and it's always open late. Now, after getting to know so much about us and our park, you're going to get your own chance to actively engage with the community. We've all seen how ribbons are used to celebrate and memorialize certain things because we all need little reminders now and then. Well, today, inside of this market, I've set aside some white ribbons for you, which usually stands for peace. So in a second, I want you to go inside and let whoever is working know you're with Detour. They'll give you a long piece of white ribbon that you will need when you get to Charlie's. Pause me to go inside. Then meet me back outside once you've got your ribbon and hit play when you're ready to continue. Okay. Are you back outside with your ribbon? Great! With your back to the market, turn left to cross the street when it's safe and keep walking straight. Okay, you should be across the street. Continue walking straight with the buildings on your left. I'm proud to say that these days, Preceda Park is a mostly peaceful place. Escalating rents threaten our historic diversity, and there's still occasional petty crime like anywhere else, but the park is always full of people and laughter. On your right is a wooden bench built around a tree. Stop there. Okay, you should be now standing in front of Charlie's Cafe, hands down one of my favorite places to grab a cup of coffee and catch up with neighbors. But before I say goodbye, I want you to take your ribbon out. It's been cut long enough to tie a bow around the trunk of that tree behind you. Don't worry, Charlie loves the idea of a visual reminder of peace in front of his cafe. Because building this park back up has required active involvement from all members of the community, and now that includes you! It's something we can never take for granted. Just like a garden, if you don't tend to your yard, weeds will grow. And as you tie your ribbon, maybe think about what you can do in your own community to safeguard the things that make it special. When you're done with your bow, if Charlie's open, I encourage you to go inside and tell him I said hi. Maybe order a snack or a drink and talk to a few of my neighbors. Who knows? Maybe we'll even meet. But in any case, it's been fun to show you around the neighborhood and my front yard And I do hope you stay a while to enjoy everything else that's here in the park, like the shaky bridge or the spinner inside the children's playground. Or look at the butterfly garden along the fence. Take care and have a peaceful rest of your day. We are so glad you're here.